Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Hi, Mark. Your first question this week is from Ashley. It's in relation to dry riverbed creek crossings. Um, so I'm just imagining sort of a bit of a steep downhill and then, um, uh, you know, the dry riverbed and then a steep uphill the other side. So she's been, she's really happy with her horse. She's going really well. Um, she says, thank you for your advice and your help that you've been giving her. I think she was at a clinic recently. Um, but, but she's just finding this one problem uh, with, with these crossings. And what he'll do is he'll approaching them see, seemingly calm and connected. And she checks that they are connected. And then as soon as they start heading down, he pops in a little rear and then tries to run through. And if she, if she lets him go, he'll pig root in the middle and he'll run up the other side, take a big deep breath at the top and go, OK, nothing ever happened. Um, so she's tried putting him in different positions, I think, with another with other groups of other horses. The best crossing she's had is with him when he's been side by side with a quiet horse approaching the descent at an angle. And she's been able to reconnect him with him. But she just wants to spend a whole day just concentrating on crossings. And she's wondering if you've got any advice on the best way to approach it. Yeah, so it's 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 one once it's 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 funny thing that crossings because uh, sometimes train horses and you know um in anything float loading whatever it is um horses can very scary things like float ramps and creek crossings once they learn that they can get to the other side of something they soon switch off whatever we were asking and then just go other side safety beauty and they'll keep doing that and they'll make it harder it'll get harder and harder especially little gullies that the horse jumps because it's like easy to get to the other side so it's so important to sort of we, we change that pretty quick now the thing the question there you're sort of talking about you know i've been working on getting the horse connected and you know making sure that you've got a connection now connection we have that we're not kind of getting the horse to think on us and you know say here i am here i am it's not about that okay um when a horse gets into a work you know, out trail riding, doing work, whatever they're doing out, out in the real world where they're sort of, you know, riding and take on uh, responsibility. Um, we have to be careful that we don't have connected like some of those horses that you see that are afraid to sort of think about anything. They're sort of hyper-focused. So just be careful on a connection as in focus on me. The only time you want a horse to, you know, so a lot of times we're not saying connect with me when we pick up the reins let go of that so if it's something that you don't need to think about the worries the horse unwanted anxiety you pick up a rein and the horse lets go of it's not letting go of that to going hello to you it's going hello new direction and usually when you loosen and soften this air of you and still connected with you so connected connection is not focused on you it's being aware of you and connected to you and so you have to be super careful when you talk about connection or focus and um you know the word i use less is uh especially focus on me or things like that is because in a lot of cases we want awareness necessarily 
complete focus with the horse's primary focus all the time. So when you're riding down to a gully, when the horse gets first, you feel that there, ooh, there's a gully coming. Don't say connect. Stop your horse and just relax and just let think about its environment and just stop and just think about it and just, you know, look and, and, and go, oh, oh, because oh, you don't want to interrupt early from thinking about what's ahead of it. You have to let it think about what's ahead of it. Otherwise, if you interrupt it and have it connected and get to the sort of scary steep bit, you break the connection, get anxious, and then possibly destinate and get to the other side as quick as it can. So you stop and wait and let the horse think about the environment, and then you might take it away a little bit and come back again, take it away and just come back and show it that that when it gets to that point where it starts to get concerned, any feeling of concern that you're going to stop and let it think about what's ahead of it. It's important that you can get horses to let and be confident at, at assessing what's ahead of it, especially when you're really riding horses in places that you need the horse to look after you just as much as you're going to look after. It's, um, it's not just about us carrying them around with connection all the time. It's about them um, feeling safe with us and our ideas, but also us safe because we let them pick their way through rough ground carefully because they own their legs and they're the one that's got to walk through all the tough stuff so but I appreciate that they need their mind and thoughts to be able to do that so what we're doing is uh you know once you've done that a few times and your horse then you instead of kicking it from behind and pushing a bit further and pushing a bit further you can just create a little energy and see what your horse does on a loose rein and what'll have energy, the horse will kind of go, whoop, I'm going to turn around. And that's where you just take a rein and you turn it this way. And um, the best thing you can do alleys and things like that is you go from side to side. So as you go from side to side, you're leading the horse across one way. So if you've got room, practice a gully with a bit, but not one of those tight eroded tracks where there's no way either side to go. Try and get a spot that you've got a little bit of room to, to turn from side to side a little bit take the horse across with its right with the right rein and it stinks across to the right and it, and it steps out with its front feet to the right moves across that way and then you take and just move it across to the left so it goes so what's happening it gets one eye on the gully and one eye on, on, on what's ahead of it and then as you turn it gets the two eyes on and then as you turn the eye on so it's been exposed to one eye on one eye away other eye on other eye away two eyes on and that's what you really you know gently weave your way down um, and, you know, if you hit another bit of a threshold and the horse is like, ooh, I'm thinking, let it think a little bit. And then, yeah, then once it's thawed a little bit, you can just gently weave your way down again. So there's no straight line sort of ways just moving across here, moving across here. And then, um, and then, and then you know, if the horse gets a good strong forward thought, but it's not like going to ping off, you wait a little and let it think about stuff and you just gently uh, work carefully, uh, you know, down into there, not hunt, 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 pressure, 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 release, pressure, 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 release, because uh, otherwise you'll just put it back into that scenario where it goes pop and goes to the other side. And then after the horse has done a real close down to the sort of scariest bit, which might be the rocky part, you just gently turn around and you ride back up to the top and, and do that again, um, almost like 
your float ramp and taking it off and on and off so it's really soft at the at the approach and then when you when you've done the approach bit you just ride down and then the next bit will be getting it and things like that and the same sort of process just let them pick their way through and if they sort of lower and look and sniff you let them do all that because that's what lets them get their get their get their um their, their vision into a better spot to sort of understand what's what's ahead of them because drop drop downs are always a bit hard with horses so you know down and pick their way a little bit and then you know just let them and and some of them will just suddenly let go of all the worry of the destination and and you've got to really know that your horse is looking here if you see those ears pull forward hard and and they want to start to draw and go you have to stop them and say no no that's that's following that's not leading me through the rocks safely so you don't let them get that strong destination if you've got halfway through and things start to change a bit you try and and reset them and uh, let them think about the environment. But uh, but you work your way through that and they'll carefully start to take you through things. The more pressure, the more likely they're going to just sort of rush through and, and it's every gully, every sort of thing that they're worried about, it would just become like a light at the end of the tunnel. They just get to, get to the end of the tunnel. The next question is from Tracy. It's in relation to um, slightly aggressive horses and not getting in their way. So she's got two horses um, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Poe and River. River's a new horse. Poe has shown a little bit of dominance and aggression towards River. He picked his ears back and um, whatever else that he's done. And uh, Tracy wants is done to spend time with him in the paddock. And she doesn't want to get caught in the way, which has happened to her before, of a flying kick or, or a sudden bite, you know, from, from Poe. Um, so she's just wondering, should she be stepping in to redirect Poe's energy when he shows that kind of dominance when she is in the herd? Any ideas? Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a, a, an interesting little scenario and, and um, there's, you know, some people are in freedom in, in horses and, you know, some people shut their horses down and there's, there's a whole spectrum. And I think the most important, you know, when you look, been around for a long time field timing and balance the biggest thing that i think is the most important thing that we have to understand in any uh, horse training or anything like that is balance the right balance okay so you don't want to shut down but you don't want horses just to think that when they're around humans um, and human environments or that they can just suddenly um go i've got a strong thought i'm just going to go towards it because i'm in the paddock and as soon as we start to get in their environment uh, um and and that the, the, when we're with another horse that that horse can't just come in and sort of push on that horse because we're there so once we're there we're, we're a stronger this is my bubble when my mind bubbles near this little horse that's um that's not so strong that horse is in my bubble up in my area so this is my area and I can protect that area uh, this is my friend just like little um, satellite herds in big mobs as you know one horse will come over and this little satellite herd will go this one but there's amounts and don't go away because and that one's good at you know maybe keeping the other horses that look a bit bossy away um, you're that horse horse with any one of those horses in that in that paddock um 
And uh, just a little story I had one day, I was, I was, this was years ago, I was doing a clinic in Glen Innes and, and uh, you know how horses all get around a big dam and one starts to pour the water and then they all start pouring and it's all a big hoo-ha and the horses have a good old time and, um, and you know, it was the first one to get the water and start smashing the water and and she was kind of giggling away and, you know, I, you know it's nice to just let my horse, ex- she's right, it's good, you have to let horses express themselves. But anyway, the next day we're riding along and a horse, I can't remember which way it was, if she rode past the horse or vice versa, but it was just beside and this horse just spun around, started double barreling and then I and got hurt, horses didn't get hurt, so everyone was safe and I rode up beside her and I said, it's nice to let your horse express itself because um, I had that expression and how, how often we let horses express big emotions and um, sometimes when you're out riding the horse and, and drink and and just rest a little and there's time for play and there's time not for play um, because at the end of the day say you know because in a horse expressing sometimes a, an excited thought that's kind of a soft thought like a playful thought can be them thinking they're allowed to express hard thought towards another horse we have to be very careful so that's where balance comes into everything and we have to monitor that balance that we can change a horse's thought so saying is and we can change their thought thought very quickly and effectively if we need to for the safety of everybody the other horses the the, the children that are around our horses anything like come in and we have the power that we can say that's not available um that's important and you don't have to have a submissive slave it's horses are quite comfortable with that in in their herds a confident horse that that they know that they're not going to be able to push um but that can't bully them all the time that's the thing about it if you bully your horse all the time well you just have the subservient slave so getting back to the answers to the question i guess i thought it's sort of because i think it's all sort of part of the whole thing is the answer to the question is when you go out in that paddock and you're with that pony um, that horse has no right to push his thoughts aggressively into that pony and, and, and look like he's coming to infiltrate that pony and you're allowed to stop that. Now, if you go out, if you, if you did have to go out the flag, well, obviously you don't want the pony, or, uh, I can't remember which way around it was, but anyway, say the pony. Um, if, if the pony's one getting pushed, if you go out with that flag or something to direct the other horse away or say Stop let go of that thought. You don't want the pony freaked out with the flag. So if you had to had to use a flag or something like that or whatever, you know, just bang the leg, whatever, you don't want lots of different things. So you've got to be able to lead the pony separately away and say, okay, I'm going to bang a flag over here. And it's not directed at you. It's just over here. And the pony goes, yeah, I'm just not too worried about that. So, you know, but basically when you're in the paddock with that pony, now the horse starts to come in going, as soon as that horse's thoughts look in, in that expression that you know what that expression means not wait till a horse reacts as soon as those thoughts say i'm going to come in and a nasty thing to say and push on that pony while you're there then you distract that thought very quickly before it even turns and the horse will let go of that thought and they, they'll do it again and let go of that thought and just make that a habit that um the horses to think soft they're not coming with any hard thoughts for you with with the um the more submissive horse 
and then um, you just clear that matter up, make it clear, and soon enough you can practice with other people, different people around. That, that while there's other people around, horses don't come in and be aggressive and 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 have a herd found. It's not available. So then she's actually establishing establishing herself as um, yeah. her role in the herd, isn't she? Yeah. And, and just just for everybody that have been following some of my stuff for a while, I, I have noticed that you know some people follow my stuff and go, "Oh, Mark's against driving," and say, "I'll stop a horse coming in." But remember one of my sayings that if you haven't heard one of it, it says, "It's not about bringing your boundaries to horses. It's not about moving their feet." And so we don't bring our boundaries to the horses all the time. It's we set clear boundaries so you can get big and stand up and say. You know, when a horse comes in with a lot of, you know, woofer, uh, and especially the hard thought behind it, you're going to step up to that and say, that can't push me around. And that's not going to scare a horse. That's just what a good horse does. The horses that set boundaries are trusted. The horses that bring their band all the time and move other horses around constantly, they're the ones that a lot of horses don't trust. So you might match that energy like a that's my boundaries and you might push the, push just a little bit of your boundary up and and maybe pop a flag to say that's not available came into that see it's not like you just get a passive horse and just run at it um so setting a boundary is okay and you can get big and people might think it's not no it's just setting a big big enough boundary to shift that horse's uh, idea or that thought of that horse Okay, so I've got the next scenario, which is definitely very linked to what you've just been saying. So um, Nicole, who's a new member of the group. Hello, Nicole, and welcome. She's got a quarter horse cross paint course, and he's very forward on the ground when she's leading him somewhere where he doesn't want to go. He pins his ears. It sounds almost comical. He lowers his head, does a jig, and charges pathetically towards her. Apparently, he never actually gets touches her but she's trying to get him to lead up and then he changed direction when, once she sees those ears pinned back and with and um get him into a bit of a jig with some success but she's wondering is there something else that she should be doing to help him with that i had to read that question a couple of times actually because i was looking at it and i was trying to just really understand it and i was thinking about your question um nicole and um the hardest thing answering questions on um you know is, is I'll never know. So that's the hardest thing. And I, I would definitely go back and look at the way he's been trained and I've been training him, especially in groundwork, how he feels about that and what he understands. Um, there's horses that uh, have been, and it's very common anybody for doing it if they have done it in the past, but if, if people have sort of studied, done a little bit of horsemanship, different things like that, there's, there's a very, um, it's very common use of driving energies and stuff to operate horses. So some of those snaky, snarly horses that are still kind of get angry at us and blame us for a lot. Sometimes if you go back to the groundwork, especially, you can see um, us, you know, the humans trying to control the horse in a sort of an alpha, I'm going to push you down the pecking order, we're moving their feet away. And there's that kind of negative feeling in the horse in the groundwork. So... I would say, and if you're new to what you know, you know the, the membership notice that 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 I try and offer people alternatives to that. So go back and look at some of the other groundwork that you and things like that. And if, if there's any of that kind of snake 
take him where he's kind of a little snarly when you sort of direct him and things like that. Try and figure out or look into the ways that you might get him to direct softly and instead of move away from energy. So when you're looking at your horse and your groundwork away from those scenarios where he's not confident, leading through, leading him through, you know, the valley of death, um, he gets he gets anxious and he gets aggressive. Um, then then go back and bet all the other little groundwork things that you're doing. And if there's anything where you're thinking he's thinking he's kind of moving off your driving energy and he's kind of snaky about it, angry about it. And you have to address that as well um, because that's the holistic thing that helps the horse follow us as a lead and not just not be with us because they still think we're pushing them down the pecking order or something. So that being said, you'll go back and look at all the little with you and see if you can find any spots in there you can address and fix. Going back to the scenario of, of, of the leading him through scary areas, earlier when he's anxious um, and stop, maybe get his thoughts back, back distract him, stand still. Don't do anything to sort of busy with him because if he's got that hard side to him, he might sort of see any busyness as angry and just let him sort of soften a little, soften and maybe put your hand out, let him breathe on you and know that you're still friends. You're not going to sort of go and manage him. <laughs> the biggest thing is people manage their horses all the time, but the best thing that they can do is manage themselves. And um, uh, acted actually, it's I just while well, it's in my mind at, I was so proud of a lady just at the last clinic. I, she did a clinic the last Victorian run and she, it was the most destinating, gazing horse that would not look at anybody. It was in the arena and it just almost like said, I'm the land of um, scorpions and I wish I wasn't living in the land of scorpions, get me away from all these scorpions. That's what kind of like the... the and she... She's um, and she also got some help uh, with another lady who who's watched a few of my clinics as a fence sitter, and she does a lot of work on people centre become better centres, and so so the whole work that I was trying to do with her is set yourself, relax, and 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 see if we can get that horse to let getting so we can offer the horse a better place. So anyway, between that clinic and this one, she came in, and I was like, I wouldn't. Have that horse came into that arena and it was kind of loose and soft and new people came over to it and it was sort of like give them a hard eye and just look away. But with her, it was really trusting and really loose and calm and, you know, still anxious in certain areas and all the horse things were kind of amazing. So, um, so and that's the sort of place you want to be for your horse. So when you do stop and take your horses into new scary the horse has got to have that trust in you that, one, you're a strong leader, that they're not going to question because uh, they're not going to question authority because also feeling that you're the trusting person that makes them feel confident. So when you've got that feeling, when you go into new places, they're anxious because they're with part of their herd and they're with that strong member of the herd that usually takes uh, helps them, uh, makes better decisions when things are so that's really important in everything you're doing so you have to look into that um but yeah so when you get to that scary spot 
a spot where the horse gets anxious, stop, reset your horse. If if they start to really bounce and think around and they're not sure, have some way of distracting them, reset them, um, whatever, get a distraction. What it's got to be big enough to get a distraction when they when they get let go of that distraction, that worry, and stop. And then you might take them back through that scary environment um, until. Um, you can walk slowly through that scary environment and they put more trust in following your feel and they softly go. And it's just instead of taking them into the middle of the scary environment and then being all hectic, you slowly grade how you go in, just like loading a horse on a horse float. But where they harden, disconnect, and they feel anxious, carry brace, anything like that, figure out a way you can get let, let go of that brace. So it's not always going to be banging your leg. It might be just maybe step back, step forward, Step back, softly, soften, good. Now just loosen the rein and stand there. Okay, good, let's walk a little. And then you take them back out again. And, um, you know, you listen to their threshold a little more. Uh, when they hit a bit of a threshold, you show them a pathway to soften. And then when they're soft, you might go away from their threshold a little and then back to it again. And, and then soon enough, and trust you a lot more, You'll be able to just walk fast through a scary area. You won't have to do all that because they're actually going, well, she says it's safe and I'm safe with her. So anyway, that's, that's the way you look at it. Okay. And just finally, we've got a question from Karen, a completely different one. She says, can you talk a little bit about virtual coaching? Um, so this is when uh, members send through a video and you review it. Um, she wants to do one of those videos. She just wants to know um, what works for you, any tips or tricks um, when they're recording so that they can get the most out of your feedback. Yeah. Um, so so virtual, there's different ways that um, I can do virtual coaching and it all depends on, I guess, the strength of the internet where you're at. Like uh, I always try and be in an area at home uh, that we've got, we've got strong enough internet to handle virtual coaching as in as in real time coaching um then there's also you know don't have that sort of internet or technology especially you know here in australia where there's you know there's there's a lot of places where there's not a lot of internet videos they video uh something and then they send it through um now so so regarding the live um coaching is you get a friend or if some people are working with PVOs and things like that, robotic cameras, um, there's still a little bit of um, you really have to find out if the PVOs, uh, everything's going to work and you know how to link up on, 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 on both sides with the PVOs if you've bought a PVO or something. It tends to work really well as in the virtual coaching is someone borrows their friend, their husband, their, you know, their wife, whatever they um, partner, and they just hold their their, their iPhone, their, their their um you know Android phone, whatever, and they film. And writing has their Bluetooth headphone uh, connected to to the to the phone, and then I just um, talk um, what what I what I see and, and help them on a live situation like that. Uh, obviously, you just got to know the range of your Bluetooth. Um, wind is a big one, the little headphone things on windy days. If people want to talk back to me, uh, the wind will just sort of, you know, override it. So, um, but sometimes if you know it's windy, I just talk you through things and, and, and don't worry, you, know, you just won't be able to talk back to me. So that's the virtual side of it. 
And, yeah, knowing the range of your Bluetooth, so you generally set that up a little bit better, you know, if you know the range of your Bluetooth uh, markers or something to know that when you get out of earshot of the Bluetooth, I can't, I can't hear or talk to you. So um, the other one is if you set up a camera setup, um, if it's not alive, oh, so if you don't have anyone there, you just go behind your camera, set up the widest angle that you've got markers up so you work in a range of that area and I can still see when we just do a virtual lesson in a smaller area uh, so that's the pitching and then the other one is just send a video through so the video through is just someone films you or um, as I say set up a, a camera and know where you're working um, if you can what really helps if you're using a, a bigger area if the person filming can zoom because uh, Sometimes it's very hard sometimes to see uh, things. Um, so you just send a video through to me and I, I critique it or positively, you know, and uh, I put it on the members. That's a free sort of service that you get. Uh, you can have a private one, uh, which is just on a, on a sort of a rate. So I could I critique it and I put the video back up with a talk over of what's happening. Uh, the other way I can do it is I watch the video and then we have a phone conference and I just talk about what I've seen and what you're doing and we just discuss how you can, you know, work on, you know, work on it. Um, okay, so say I'm, that's, that's the I'm out there working with my horse, Mark, and I want to get your feedback. I'm a member, so this is the free service. Yeah. And this is just a short video that I send through, sort of about 10 minutes, and, um, and you're going to talk over it with what your thoughts are. So I've been working on getting this really nice walk to trot transition and I want to hear your thoughts on it. Do I show you the problem areas I've been having, what he was doing before? You know, do I show you what he's doing really well? Uh, what, what is it you're looking for? Yeah, I'm looking at like um, the main areas. So I've got to think, okay, what, what are the most important bits and what am I working on and you doing that and where, where the issues are happening? You have to be doing something. Uh, and you know, and 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 I think I think it's best off that that you would do the editing. So because uh, I have had videos come through that really I've got to pick the the little spots through it that are probably worth anything, and the rest wasn't for 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 you know putting online. So if it's kind of like a short ten minute where you've sort of picked those areas that you're struggling with, and you've sort of you know sectioned them out that would work a lot better because then I'm talking, you know, and it's an educational lesson instead of like, you know, the 20 minutes of you standing in between doing some meditation with your horse and then another bit. Definitely sort of want to work on um, what's really happening and be doing something with your horse, especially when it, when, when you send the feedback uh, through, um, you know, you'll, a bit of a blurb on what problem that you're having or whatever, and I'll read that. So I've got to see that scenario of what, if I see any other things in there, that I'll, then I'll obviously tell you, but it's got to be a bit more specific on, on you know, the, the thing that's going wrong that you want to help, help with. Yeah, that makes sense. So really honing in on what it is and showing that thing happening so that you can see it. Yeah. Very good. Okay, all right. Well, thank you very much, Mark. Yeah, and, like um, Sorry, I'll let you continue. Oh, no, just the other day, I just had a little one. It was, it was, it was a horse that tightened up in the saddle. Um, 
And so the problem was the horse tightened up in the saddle and and when it, it, I guess it gets a bit frozen and can buck that. Um, but the video was more just um, of this horse standing, getting desensitised with other things. So um, I couldn't really work on issue because I couldn't, the issue wasn't in the area of where the person sent, what was the video that the person sent. So I had to kind of, you know, so yeah, it has to be very specific. Okay, very good. And so members, if you're wanting to um, jump on and make use of Mark's free um, video feedback reviews, that is just available from the membership menu once you've logged in. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. And um, we will talk to you again soon, Mark. Thank you. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks, everybody. You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a seven-day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.